folks, and welcome back to Unseen, the podcast where we chat about some of the brilliant projects happening at Queen's Hall Arts Centre, the creative heart of the community. Each episode, we'll go behind the scenes and lift the curtain on all the graft and inspiration that it takes to turn amazing ideas into amazing projects. And as well as bringing you great interviews and stories, we're also going to be doing a bit of a Queen's Hall newsletter to keep you updated on some of the brilliant things that are going on here that you can enjoy. And for those of you that have not listened before, my name is Bridie and I'm here with the lovely Kelly France, who is marketing lead for Queen's Hall. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Bridie. And happy spring because it's now officially spring, which is lovely. Yeah, it doesn't look like it though, does not it? Not quite. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll get there, we hope. <laughs> Hopefully by the time the shows that are on that we're going to talk about today, the sun will be shining. Yes, we hope so. We do. Um, so come on then. What, tell, tell us what's going on. Tell us what's going on in the period. So the period we're talking about is April into early May. Is that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so that period is kind of where Queen's Hall becomes home to Hex and Book Festival during that period. Um, so our main programme goes a little bit quiet just to house all of the wonderful book festival goings on. Um, and I know you did a really good job of tying one of the team down for a chat ride yes. um, during such a busy time. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I had the total pleasure of talking to Susie Troop, who is actually the founder of Hexen Book Festival. It was so fascinating to kind of have a little bit of a deep dive into her world and kind of understand how she put the festival together and kind of the original inspiration for why she decided to do it in the first place. And ultimately, it just came from her being from a love of reading. She just absolutely loves authors and loves books, loves um, literature. Um, And obviously, that completely shines through in her absolute kind of motivation and and passion for the festival. Uh, So should we have a listen to the interview? Yeah, let's do it. So um, I am sat here with the wonderful Susie Troop, who is the founder of Hexham Book Festival, which is returning in April of this year, which is very exciting. Hello, Susie. Hi there. It's fantastic to speak to you. Thank you so much for sparing the time, because I can only imagine how busy you must be in the run up to the festival. We are. It is, it is quite fun at the moment, but it's fine. It's all good. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening already know about the festival and probably are attendees but for those that don't perhaps you could just give us a little bit of a little bit of a potted synopsis of what it's all about for people that haven't heard of it before well um, it's a funny thing because some people when they hear book festival if they haven't been to one imagine that it's going to be like a fair with lots of stalls with books and of course it is not that at all. Um, it is the main body of it is meeting authors, hearing them speak about their books. So your standard event runs for an hour. You usually have an interviewer who will chat to the person, the author, um, about their book. The author might read from their book. They might show some relevant slides, especially if it's nonfiction or history. And then the audience gets a chance to ask the the author questions from with roving mics from the from the auditorium or from the library which is a lovely space we use in the queen's hall we also use abbey spaces in the abbey 
Um, and then afterwards, they have a really nice informal session where the author will sign the book and we'll have a little bit of a chat with them. And obviously, it's, there is a bookstore, Cogito Books are our bookseller, and people can buy the author's books. There's always a back, you know, back list of books. Um, we also run uh, creative writing workshops. So people who are interested in either starting out in writing or, for example, this year, which I'm, I would definitely go on if I were to be an attendee, is one about mindful journaling. And I love that idea. And I think it's something that's really come to the fore with COVID, people writing more about their day-to-day experiences and how that might help them mentally as well. So that's a really nice, there are nice additions like that. We try and... Um, do lots of different events as well, including music. For example, we've got the bookshop band this year. And then we do some lunches with authors so you get less people and a time to chat to the author. So lots of stuff like that, poetry, etc. And then we also have our lovely children's festival, which we were very fortunate to get a lot of funding for two years to run. But sadly, this year, our funding has come to an end for that. So it's a slightly pared down offering this year but we're sort of funding hard pushing to find money to bring it back um in 2025 in bigger format so but we have got quite a few things for young people as well so that's the actual festival which runs for 10 days but obviously we we go on working all year because we deliver stuff for the Northumberland County Council across across the county with schools and young people and libraries so that is that and it's a great it's a great time it's lovely it's lovely weekend in Hexham or a couple of weekends in Hexham and the odd evening during the week and I think people just love to come and eat in some of the nice places we've got meet up with their friends so yeah so obviously the program is huge and extremely diverse and that is definitely one of its ma- major strengths um but I'm curious to know what are your what are your personal highlights for the programme this year? Of course, you love all of your authors equally, um, but but what are you particularly excited about? So there's various things, of course, that, that are top of my list. Um, I am a big fan of the Great British Sewing Bee, and we have got Esme, Esme Young with a book called Behind the Scenes, and I think she is such an interesting and fascinating person that I think that will be a really top event. Um, uh some lovely other writers, particularly sort of in the, I, I, I'm very keen on sort of history and memoir and that sort of thing. Um, historian Alice Loxton, who's written a sort of a romp through Georgian London, which I think sounds fab and not an author I'd heard of before, but then I really loved the book. Um, we've also got a, an event which I know will sell quite quickly because it's quite limited tickets, which is something I would definitely go to, which is a, a proof party. So Hodder Publishing have got some of their not-yet-published authors, but you can get copies of them in proof format. And you get given those. You get three copies of books totally free um, with the event. You meet the authors. The, the One of the publishers from Hodder will be there interviewing them. And it's going to be in the Beaumont, which is a lovely venue. Another thing close to my heart is travelling. Sarah Wheeler has written a book about a woman's life on the road and her extraordinary travelling experiences, which include a seal in the Arctic popping up through a lavatory. (laughs) Well, that's going to be fun. Um, uh, We've got 
obviously quite a lot of politics, uh, mm. politics, and I think everybody is interested. Obviously, how can you not be interested in the moment? Um, Ian Dale is an interesting author who's written a book called On This Day in Politics. And that takes you essentially from 1265 with like significant political things for 365 of those years. I think that's my understanding is right. Um, uh, and he'll be talking to our lo- one of our local authors, Harry Pearson. So I think that could be a, uh, a top tip as well. Um, for me. And then, of course, the other thing that I'm very keen on is food. And we've got Felicity Cloak from The Guardian, who is one of the um, food writers that I turn to so much. You know, she does these uh, the best of everything. So she takes lots of recipes and then says which is the best um, and gives you a recipe for that. Kit Duval, um, another fine writer uh, with her book Without Warning and Only Sometimes. That's another fiction and also Linda Grant, who I love as a fiction writer. I'm a big fiction reader. So there's there's so much. I mean, I could read you the whole programme, but I don't want to be boring. Oh, and we have got, if you're into poetry, we've got um, lovely Simon Armitage, our poet laureate, coming, which I'm excited about too, because he's quite a hard man to pin down because he's so busy. Uh, yeah, so Sandy McCall-Smith, I mean, so many lovely people, but I love to see some are coming back. Sandy McCall-Smith's been a couple of times. Um, Jim Nochty, he's coming as well. I think that's the third time he's been to our festival. So they keep coming back because we're all so lovely and Hexham's such a lovely place to come to. <laughs> so. Oh, you know what? It just, it, it sounds just so exciting. And I guess I'm interested to know what, what you hope audiences will be talking about after they've been to your events or what they'll be telling their friends the next day kind of what what's the buzz you want to create well I think is that I mean obviously it's that love of reading that brings people to these but it's also discussion and issue based so I guess there is it's a real sort of fermenter if you like of conversation on on you know current topics or or topics from the past and the relevance. Also, nice for people to know that we do do other stuff throughout the year. And for example, this year we actually we have a schools festival, which we are supporting to bring um, authors, uh, children to the to the Queen's Hall to see authors through the week from schools, some of whom perhaps wouldn't normally be able to go to an event. And so we're sort of um, putting some of our funding towards helping to deliver that and we do that throughout the year so I guess it's also trying to raise awareness of that with our audiences that we're not just a 10-day festival for people who can afford it we're also providing stuff which is funded by the Northumberland County Council to to you know encourage kids to read because I mean it's one in five kids now have a book in their house and so I think that's you know that's so important that, that we push on with that at the same time and of course, if they're coming from schools and they're coming into a cultural venue like the Queen's Hall, that some of them will have never been in a theatre before, and and just the the sort of the wonder of that, and finding out that somebody, oh, this person here actually wrote that thing that's sitting out there and that I'm looking at. So, and we we help provide books for school libraries, and so yeah, so that's where we are with that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think you're right, a lot of people will probably just think about the festival in terms of the events that happen in April. But as you've said, it's absolutely, it just never stops. You're always doing other events and, and other things. And I think the other thing that maybe people don't realise is 
how it kind of came together in the first place? Because to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, it's been going since 2006. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So what what was the kind of original kind of drive and inspiration but behind deciding to to take this on, so to speak? Oh God, yeah. Well, I was um, I've always been a great reader, and I was actually working for uh, uh, independently as theatre companies, and I'd been in the Queen's Hall a few times and thought what a great venue it was. And then I went over with my book group uh, to the Wigtown Book Festival in Dumfries and Galloway, which had only just started maybe a couple of years before. So I think that was in 2005 we went over there. And um, it is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it really is in the middle of nowhere, Wigtown. You have to you have to drive for miles. I don't know where the nearest train station is, but it takes a long time to get to and there were all these like really big writers and lots of people. And I thought, oh, well, if people can do this over here, Queen's Hall, Hexham is just the ideal spot. So I then had got some uh, research and development, a little bit of research and development money from the Arts Council to do a sort of feasibility plan. And they were great. And they were very supportive. And that's how the following year we managed to put on, on 2006, we managed to put on like just one weekend and the Queen's Hall were always really big partners of it. They gave us the venue and it was really fantastic. So it sort of grew from there. And then in 2008, my colleague Jill Pugh came on the team. So now we, we, we're very much run it together, though Jill does have more of a steer on the outreach uh, work and projects that we do. So, um, yeah, so that's how it started. And, and it was just, it's been very successful. And I think it's partly because authors do love to come somewhere where they don't have to trek around for miles to go to different venues and everything is in one place if it's in the abbey it's only two minutes away if it's in the queen's hall then and it's two minutes up the road to their hotel and authors say to other authors oh you've got to go to Hexham it's really great they really look after you and it's a lovely town and that's what I think that's what makes the difference really and that's what's part of the reason it's grown I mean obviously it's because we are such lovely people as well. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, that's that's a fabulous. I, I love I love those kind of stories where it just came. It basically because someone went, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> it's really inspiring. I think to hear those kind of stories. Yeah, I mean, it was hard work because getting hold of publishers of as a complete unknown was really hard. But I was very fortunate that New Writing North in Newcastle. Uh, really helped me out and they gave me an office space and they mentored me and but for a couple of years and that made all the difference because they sort of introduced me to you know the ways of the book world if you like which you do need yeah mm. yeah, yeah. and uh, another fantastic uh, local organization you write in north i'm glad you gave them a shout out because they are just fantastic yeah. um susie you're you're a very busy person right now, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come and have a chat with us for this. Um, so thank you. And everyone else, if you haven't got your tickets to come and see an event at Hexham Book Festival, make sure you do so, um, because it's going to be really wonderful. So thank you again, Susie. Really appreciate your time. Great. It's been lovely talking to you, Bridie. Really nice. And you. So there we have it, the wonderful Susie Troop from Hexham Book Festival. Um, what did you What did you make of that, Kelly? I think I just really loved um, 
I love, firstly, I love that Susie shared the team's work to support local schools, uh, local school children to meet authors and just recognising that that might be their first visit to a cultural venue and just kind of how important that is. Like I would have loved the chance to meet some really big authors um, when I was at school and just realise that that's kind of an option for a career, I guess. Um, And I know you touched on it before the chat, but just really interesting to hear how the festival started too. So quite organically, but with a a lot of hard work um, and research. And I was really interested to hear what Susie said makes the festival unique. Um, And I guess what makes Hexham unique as well. Um, Yeah. And I'm just excited that it's taken place earlier this year in April instead of kind of summer months. So we've not got long to wait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. It was, and it was just, a, it was a lovely, lovely interview. It was so nice to speak to her. And I, I think I actually said this in the interview. I just love it when those kind of stories, when people just go, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, you did. Yeah. It's just really inspiring <laughs> that people just go, I'm going to do that. I've not done it before, but I'm going to find yeah. a way. You don't, they don't get frustrated that there's not something serving that purpose. They kind of fill the gap themselves. Yeah, yeah it's really inspiring. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely yeah. wonderful. Um, so moving on to other other areas of the program. Um, yeah. What are your highlights then for sort of, uh, again, that period we're kind of talking about April into early May? Yeah. So around... Um, all of those lovely events and big author names winging their way to us. Um, I've picked out just a few highlights to kind of bring people's attention to. Um, So to pick just one theatre production, we're really looking forward to the brilliant Keith Alessi bringing his show, um, Tomatoes Tried to Kill Me, But Banjo Saved My Life. What a title. (laughs) What a title. Um, So it began its journey to stage at the Toronto Fringe Festival um, and it's been to New York, enjoyed a sellout run at Soho Theatre. And much closer to home, it took Edinburgh Fringe by storm last year. Um, it's Keith's true story about the healing power of the arts and it's told with his warmth, humour and, of course, banjo music. No surprises there. <laughs> um, and it's doing a really nice and kind of exclusive tour of the northeast. Um, so not going to many venues. Um, so, yeah, catch it if you can. And that's on Wednesday, the 19th of April in the library. Amazing. Yes. Um, Comedy wise, we've got Reese James um, with his new show, Spilt Milk. Um, He's a mock mock the week regular. He's famous for kind of his quick delivery and I guess gag dense shows. Um, He's one (laughs) of those. That's a great. (laughs) You know, just like really really heavy going. There's going to be a lot of of jokes. One of those comedians where your belly will hurt and you'll feel like you've done a good workout of the gym, but really it's just because you've laughed so much. (laughs) I love that. Um, he's with us on, I think it's Saturday, the 15th of April, and there are still some tickets left. So you should still have a little bit of time, um, kind of when you hear this podcast to get some, but do act fast. Um, and then I am doing a whistle stop to a he bridey <laughs> family wise. Um, so for families, after all of the fun of Hexen Book Festival is done, um, and over, we're getting ready to welcome the Twirly Woos to our main stage. Yes. So obviously a massive title um, and one for very little ones. So it's specifically aimed at ages one and over. Um, so it'll be really visual, really fun, really silly, just like the television show. Um, and that's here for just two shows on Thursday, the 18th of May. Um, so yeah, lots of happy 
children expected in the venue that day. Um, and then music, as well as the she shanties who I know we're about to hear yeah. from. Um, we've got a special Tannehill Weavers gig in the library, which is just, it's just a really great space for live music. Um, they were back with us as well. They were last with us back in 2019. So it's great to be able to have them back again. Um, and they're a band that have performed their kind of unique take on traditional Scottish music um, since the 1970s. So we're delighted to have them with us. Um, audiences can definitely expect a lot of Highland bagpipes, but in the mix, some really humorous tales about what life's like for them in Scotland, um, thrown in for good measure. Um, and that's on Saturday, the 29th of April. Last time they were with us, they were in the, the main theatre and that's kind of got a lot more seats. Um, so there was a lot more opportunity to get tickets. And in the library, it's a smaller kind of capacity, much more intimate space. So I am encouraging you to book early again for that one. Sounds fantastic. And um, you mentioned earlier, Kelly, that we have um, an interview with two members of the She Shanties. Yes. yes. Uh, so you're, you're very lucky this this episode, dear listeners, because we don't only have one interview for you. We actually have two. Um, so obviously, we've already enjoyed um, hearing from Susie Troop from Hexen Book Festival. But we also had the opportunity to chat to Eilish Ferry Kennington and Kate Gessie, who are both members of the amazing She Shanties, uh, which, as they pointed out, is really hard to say. And when you've perfected it, when you've perfected saying it, you can never say the other version again, which is Sea Shanties. Sea Shanties. <laughs> you almost can't go back, can you? Can't go back. Can't go back. <laughs> which is no bad thing because it's uh, no. it's it's free publicity for the amazing She Shanties. <laughs> Um, so let's have a listen to this conversation now. Oh, and I also, um, we're, you're very lucky again because you get a little sneak peek of what they sound like mm. because we're going to start this conversation with a little snippet um, from one of their songs. So here goes. So today I am here with two members of the wonderful She Shanties who are coming to Queen's Hall on the 6th of May. So uh, we have with us Eilish Ferry Kennington and Kate Gessie. Hi guys, lovely to see you. Hello. Hi. And Kate, um, listeners, some listeners may be aware, is actually the first ever returnee guest to the podcast you, we, you were so great last time. We had to get you back on, Kate. <laughs> so, uh, but today here talking about something completely different, which, as I said, is um, both of you are members of the She Shanties. It's really great to have this chance to chat to you both. And so the first thing for those, for our listeners that perhaps haven't heard of the She Shanties, could you give us like a little potted synopsis of um, what you're all about and what, what you do? So Eilish, if you don't mind letting us know. Yes, what we are all about is singing big fat shanties and what we do is sing big fat shanties. Um, we we started, we've been going about, I think it's 12 years now and we started because I was watching the Folk Awards and I think it was the Fisherman's Friends were on. I just flippantly put on Facebook, I want to be in a shanty crew and all <laughs> these women were like, oh yeah, so do I, yeah, so do I, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then we didn't think much more of it. That must have been something like this time of year, February, March. And then Whitby Folk Week of that year, we had a get together with a bunch of women in our house in Whitby. Um, and a lot of rum was drunk and we had a good old sing. And we thought, well, this might go somewhere. And then in the December of the same year, so that'll be 2011, I think, um, we did our first gig at St Mary's Lighthouse in Whitley Bay. We were all stranded on the island um, and it was all very atmospheric. And it was quite small um, audience of, I can't remember, something like 30. Um, and it's all gone from there. And since then, we have recorded an EP and now two albums, one of which is out later this year. Um, we've sang in France, we've sang in the Netherlands, we've sang on the main stage of Cambridge, we've sang to very small audiences <laughs> at times. Um, yeah, so, um, and we just really love it. We've had a bit of a quiet time over lockdown, obviously, and we're just starting to get momentum back up again. Oh, how it's just so brilliant. I have to say, I was particularly pleased with the detail that you drank rum. I think that's very, very interesting. It was a point where I was drinking <laughs> rum and milk because we'd run out of anything else. It was disgusting. <laughs> so I don't recommend it. <laughs> Did that not get quite curdly? Is that the right word? I believe my words were, it's fine. It's like a brandy Alexander, but it's not. I promise you. I love it. And I, I, you know what? I really think we need to mention the, 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 the simplistic brilliance of the name because it's just perfect, isn't it? How did that come about? Uh, that was, it, I don't know, that was me, I think. Um, and I'm not really sure. It just was, things just get splurged out your brain sometimes, don't they? And it was one they of do. those splurges. It is a glorious and perfect pun. It really is. It's and once you can say she shanties, you can't say sea shanties anymore. So let's talk a little bit about this gig that you're doing at Queen's Hall in May. What do you want audiences to kind of take away from the experience? Well, um, hopefully they'll go out of the auditorium humming a few shanties. Hopefully they'll have had a good sing with us, actually. Um, we do encourage participation. Um, but also I hope that they realise how broad um, the, the sort of genre, if, it, if that's what it is, is. Uh, we, we do strictly, you know, legitimate sea shanties, but we also do songs of the sea. And there's a, a sort of hazy um, uh, border between them, which we fluidity, yes. Um, and so, so they're not all just really fat sea. Sh I can't say it. <laughs> fat sea shanties. <laughs> then <laughs> that's your fault. Um, they're not all just fat sea shanties. Some of them are really melodic and beautiful songs. Um, some of them are really joiny in ones. Um, it, it's, there's a huge variety. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So I hope they come away with the idea that it's not just dum, 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 but there's a bit more to it. And hopefully they'll go and listen to other, um, shanty groups, maybe join a shanty group. Um, I think if you take it down to the the pure shanty, so for those that don't know, a shanty is a work song of the sea, um, specifically a rhythmic um, song that you could pull a rope to or you could haul a, a halyards and turn a capstan and all of these things. So it needed a rhythm and it generally had one shanty man, and it was a man at the time, 
um, doing the call and a lot of the, the workers doing the response. So actually, if you boil it down to the pure shanties, there isn't as much diversity. There is more than you might imagine. But like Kate says, we do a, a broader range where we do some of what was called folksal shanties. So they are the recreational songs that people sang uh, when they weren't at work, but were still on the boat. But we broaden it out. Anything that mentions the sea and has a bit of a singing along bit uh, can come within our remit. <laughs> Love that. Um, so am I right in thinking there's 11 of you? Yes. Yes. What's the rehearsal process there like? There is none. It's minimal. <laughs> <laughs> there is man Kate. The, the, you just turn up and do it I love we it. generally have a um what would you call it Kate like a panic rehearsal in the afternoon of a gig of a gig um, this is the day of the gig yeah we only really get together for gigs. sometimes in the women's <laughs> yeah. toilets we've many times done it in the women's toilets of a festival or um well that's lots of times in a beer tent um but yeah we do have a bit of a, a go run through things before we go on um, but we don't do a lot of rehearsals and I guess that's because you're all really really good singers and it's not like that's necessarily required because you all and you all know the songs it's, it's a geographical reason mainly I would say um, we're, we're not all up here we're not all um, in the northeast yeah um, there's one of us lives in Edinburgh um, quite a few live in Yorkshire bits of Yorkshire, um, Eilish and a uh, couple of others. Well, one other lives in Newcastle, one in Whitley Bay. I'm in Hexham. So we just don't get together very often. It's, you know, people have, some of people have jobs and other commitments. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's an organic thing, yeah. I think. I love it. It is. Yeah. I was going to say that. Well, I was going to say instinctive, but it's a similar um meaning I suppose where we get together sometimes like we recorded an album about a month ago and we hadn't seen each other for a while and I was a bit worried that we hadn't seen each other we were about to go in and record and as soon as we get in the room together you go oh yeah it just it works we could probably be yeah. tighter if we uh rehearsed a bit more yeah. but that's part of the um the charm and and we don't we don't arrange the songs at all there's no arrangement. Mm. There's no formal sitting, sitting down and thinking, what are you going to sing? What am I? We do it as we're singing it. So quite often I won't sing the same thing. Well, very often I won't sing the same thing at different gigs because I won't remember what I sang. We make it up. But Kate's cleverer than some <laughs> of us. I always sing the same thing. <laughs> well, I, can't I can't remember what I've sung sometimes. <laughs> As a singer myself, I just think that sounds really liberating, that you're not tied to a specific line that you have to do every time. Yeah, and I think there's, um, so we kind of choose, we each will hear a song and be like, oh, I want to do this. And sometimes we'll record it and send it around people so you at least know in advance what we're singing. Um, or if we are at a festival and we're running a session, we might for the first time sing something in a session so that the others have heard it. Um, other times it is that panic um, rehearsal in the afternoon. Occasionally, I remember once at Derby Folk Festival, I started singing something and a couple of them turned around into the microphones and went, oh, I don't know this one. Um, <laughs> don't try and avoid that. Um, making this sound really unprofessional, but most of the time it really does work. But that first gig, our very first gig in the Lighthouse, 
I wasn't at the rum and milk drinking thing in Whitby. Oh, that's right. And I think at least one other <laughs> member wasn't. Well, maybe two others. Um, so we got together. I had only met three of them ever. And we we did this gig and it was just, we didn't know what was going to happen. And we just sang these songs and they were just, it, the, it was just fabulous. It was the most thrilling thing to have those harmonies coming out of all these women. Yeah. And that's how it started. Mm. You see, you said earlier you used the word instinctive and now you've talked about it more. I, I completely get what you mean because there's something about just that you all sort of trust each other and you trust the process of what you're doing and it makes it work. <laughs> well, and there's a, a real lot of luck to that because the people that were invited on that day when we met in Whitby, not everyone who was invited turned up. And along the way, like Kate, I don't think we'd spoken. We didn't know you were at Whitby or something. And then later on, like, I'll oh, come along. Your sister, your sister Esther came up to me at the last Kate, the final night Kaylee and said, do you want to join? And I said, yes. So. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a look as to who did show up and how it all just hangs together, really. I don't like to think about it too much in case it breaks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, 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 this, that is just fascinating. I, I, I love it. I just, I, I love who, and I get it. I mean, that is actually how the songs would have been used traditionally, right? That mm. someone would have started and then someone else would have joined in. And I assume. They were probably doing more work than we do, though. You mean hard physical labour? Hard physical labour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and your sister are both in the Yes, yeah, so the there's three sets of sisters in the band. Oh, wow. Um, and my sister and her wife, who is, hang on. So there's me, my sister, my sister's wife, and my sister's wife's sister. Um, and then there's another two set of sisters. A whole lot of sisters. Yes. I love it. Which probably <laughs> adds to, firstly, the harmonisation of it. Um, and like Ruth and Sadie sing together as a duo anyway. Um, but it also adds to the dynamic of it. So when we were recording, um, there's certain ways that you speak to your friends that you... Um, are one way and then there's another way that you speak to your sister like what are you doing um there's, there's, there's all different levels of uh communication and uh, yeah I mean when you talk about we don't do a lot of rehearsal but just getting together there's always the bit where we haven't seen each other for a bit and there's a lot of gassing on and just a lot of big personalities really it's good yeah oh it sounds utterly glorious it really does um Eilish and Kate, thank you so much for your time. Um, and I just really, really strongly encourage people to go out and buy tickets for this because I think it's going to be a great night out. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, and we've sang at the Queen's Hall twice before and they put us in yeah. one of their littler rooms first time and then in the library. And this time they're letting us sing in the big room. So please do prove to them that that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard them. You know what to do. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Thanks for having us.
the amazing and hilarious Eilish Ferry Kennington and Kate Gessie from the, the She Shanties. What did you think of that, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a fun and honest chat. Um, I just love that they showed a real kind of confidence in their craft, but also each other and just that sense of having each other's back, I guess, yeah. on the stage. I've never really kind of heard heard that before. Um, yeah, like winging it, but that's the beauty of it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that chat. I Yeah, I did. I was just grinning the whole way through that conversation. It was, they, they were so, <laughs> they were just hilarious and warm, but also really reflective on what it is that makes it special and beautiful. And, and they both used the words like organic and instinctive, didn't they? And yeah, and that makes yeah. complete sense. And then later in the chat, they revealed that there's a lot of sisters in the, in the band and that they yeah. think that that's part of the magic because it's people who have been singing together their whole lives and yeah, and that's what makes yeah, it work. Not only yeah. do they know each other really well musically, they also have a lot of shortcuts to communication. Like that brilliant line when Eilish goes, when you're talking to your sister, you just kind of go, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, anyone that has a sibling sort of knows that that's, yeah, yeah, it is just a bit of a shortcut. You can just talk to your siblings in a, you know, a very blunt way, can't you? And and I guess that yeah. that sort of translates to the way that they're able to make this really beautiful, instinctive sound together on stage. Yeah, yeah. And they're here on Saturday the 6th of May. I don't know whether they said that in the chat. Um, yeah, Saturday the 6th of May on the main stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, get the tickets, get out there and support them because I think you are in for a really fun and really musical but extremely raucous evening. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Hopefully with some rum drinking afterwards. <laughs> we should have a special on in the bar, shouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, what Brandy Alexander's, is that what she mentioned? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. We should definitely do that. Minus the milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you were right about the curdling. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So funny. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Me and Kelly were having a bit of a chat um, after we finished recording the last podcast and we thought it would be really nice to hear from you, the wonderful people that take time out of their day to listen to this podcast, to find out what you've been to see recently, either theatres or maybe a gig, something that you've really enjoyed. It could be something that's, that you've seen at Queen's Hall or further afield. Perhaps there's somebody that you know that was in a production or a band and you want to give them a shout out because that you think they're brilliant and deserve the support. So yeah, we'd love to know what you're seeing, what you're what you're enjoying. Um and then we can support you by giving those productions and those people a bit of a shout out. Absolutely. And there'll be more information on um on how to get involved and how to let us know about those shows on wherever you're listening to this podcast. So just look at the page um, and find out more. And to find out more about everything that we've been talking about today and everything that we've got coming up at Queen's Hall, you can head over to queenshall.co.uk or search for Queen's Hall Hexham on social media. Yes, you can. But <laughs> <laughs> um So as always, it's been lush to chat to you, Kelly. You too, Bridie. And I'll see you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.